Welcome to an AONN Plus podcast event created to provide a platform to engage and inform membership on relevant topics which impact your professional practice. The focus is on the AONN Plus eight domains of knowledge. This podcast will highlight the Navigator Pledge that was developed in 2017. As a navigator, I pledge my head to share knowledge for informed decision making my heart to empower advocacy and loyalty, my hands to deliver compassion and remove barriers, my hope to embrace and preserve quality of life. Navigators have within themselves the inner strength, the power, and the fortitude to do what is needed for patients. They should never doubt their abilities, knowledge, or willpower to make things happen. Thank you for joining us as we honor the Navigators, special people that make a difference in the lives of those around them. Hi, everyone. My name is Ronnie Cather-Paul. I'm so pleased to be here today with a friend and colleague, Christian Downs. I am the Vice President of Provider Innovations with New Century Health. New Century Health is a clinical pathway company rooted in evidence-based pathways, My role at New Century is working with providers and working in existing value-based care models and partnering with them, but also creating new models as we move into different areas of value-based care within oncology. Christian? Thanks, Ronnie. My name is Christian Downs, and I'm the Executive Director of the Association of Community Cancer Centers. We're a multidisciplinary organization of around 2,500 cancer programs around the country. So it's great to be here today to talk with my friend Ronnie about navigators and getting them involved in advocacy, value-based care, uh, and how to get a seat around the table. But maybe if we start with a great story, Ronnie, that we had about our meeting with Seema Verma, who is the head for the Center for Medicare Services at CMS. So Ronnie, why don't you tell us a little bit about that story, and then we can show how navigators became so important. Yes, absolutely, Christian. I think that's a great story that really highlights the power of the navigator's voice. So about two years ago, myself and our VP of policy at New Century Health, Ashley Ridlin, she and I had a a bit of a harebrained idea to put together a collaborative of various stakeholders across the country and both providers and external organizations and clinicians to approach CMMI around some of the issues that the OCM model was encountering from a provider's perspective. Ultimately, we know as a oncology care delivery group that the concept of the oncology care model is sound and we believe in it, but there are some issues in the execution of it. And so the idea behind the collaborative was to bring all of these stakeholders together, set aside our individual agendas and work towards the common good, which was really to create a ultimately a long-term sustainable model around oncology care delivery. And so through the collaborative over the last couple of years, we originally met specifically with the OCM team under the CMMI umbrella, and that eventually led to a meeting with Chris Ritter. And throughout that process, one of the loudest voices that was on our collaborative was that of a navigator from a cancer center in Illinois, Stephanie Jackson, who used to lead the OCM team for Cancer Center Specialist of Illinois, CCSI for short, 
was also on the collaborative. And she was an extremely powerful voice throughout all of our meetings with the OCM team, as well as Chris Ritter. But what was interesting is we, as a group, decided that we would want to also go up on the leadership channel for CMS and actually penned a letter to Seema Verma and her office. And Stephanie had signed on to this letter as well, as did Cancer Center Specialists of Illinois, their leadership team. And interestingly enough, because of the stakeholders and the actual fact that the boots on the ground had actually signed on to this letter to express their experiences and their desire to have a sustainable model and their belief in the work that CMS was doing around oncology, it caught the eye of Seema Verma and we were invited to actually go meet with her. And what floored me during that meeting, and you were there as well, Christian, and you can speak to this as much as I can, was really just how powerful Stephanie's voice was in that meeting. Ultimately, she was the one that Seema Verma wanted to hear from because she was the one taking care of those patients on a daily basis. When you think about the ultimate goal of value-based care initiatives, right, it's really to increase the quality of care for the patient while decreasing cost. But ultimately, if you're not increasing the quality of care for the patient, then everything else kind of falls by the wayside. So to really hear the both positive effects of the OCM model to the patient, but also the challenges that providers were facing, and not just providers in the traditional sense of physicians, but providers in the sense of nurses, navigators, pharmacists, etc. These are very, very important voices. And so the story just highlights the fact that never underestimate the power of your voice as a navigator. I think that's really the important takeaway here is that your voice matters and it counts because you are closest to these patients on a daily basis and really are with them their entire journey, not just one piece of it. Randy, I love that story because I remember being in there and I've seen this so many times Uh, here in Washington. And unfortunately, I've been in Washington, D.C. for 20 years. So I've had a lot of these meetings. And almost every single time when you bring somebody in who's actually practicing every day, these policymakers, whether they're at CMS or on Capitol Hill, are fascinated by listening to hear what you have to say. You as the provider, you as the person who's held a patient's hand. You as the person who's figured out how to get a cancer patient to an x-ray. You, the person who's figured out how to get a family a healthy meal. They find that so much more interesting, frankly, than anything that I say as kind of a Washington Mm -hmm. person. That's Uh, right. So um, whenever I have folks come to me and say, I won't know what to say, just tell them what you do. Yeah. And what you know and your experiences. Yeah. That's that's all they want to hear. They are way more interested in that than anything that I have to say as a Washington, D.C. person. So I would encourage everybody who has that practical experience, that's your greatest knowledge, and that's what you ought to share. I agree. And I think people tend to get very nervous about presenting to any sort of public official, whether it be Seema Verma or somebody on the city council or even an administrator in your organization, right? You feel that that person is in a position of power and everything is riding on what you're saying. And, you know, I get nervous, obviously, anytime I'm speaking. But at the same time, I think there needs to be confidence in the power of storytelling. 
Nobody knows this better than you do. Nobody knows your story, your experiences, your ability to understand the effect of navigation on cancer care better than a navigator because you are living, breathing, and doing that every single day. And it's really important that navigators have the confidence of their impact within the cancer care paradigm. And I think too, when you think about policy, whether again, it's in a very public forum like CMS, or if it's in an administrative function in your cancer center, if you're in a very large cancer center or health system, I would bet money that there is not one person who knows everything. And I can certainly tell you in a CMMI world with oncology care model, that they are hungry for information because the way that models are developed, I wouldn't say it's not necessarily in a vacuum because they do seek public comments and feedback, but ultimately decisions are made in a way that it's almost like, I, I like use this analogy, but it's throwing darts in the dark to a dartboard, right? And seeing what's going to stick because we don't know what we don't know. So your input on what you know is actually very important. So let me ask you this, because that's interesting, because they've talked about the advocacy and how important professional navigators are to explaining the situation patients might be in some of the challenges. But let's talk a little bit more about some of the value based healthcare stuff. And I know you've got a lot of expertise in that area. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what do you see? And this this is a little bit more close to home, obviously, you probably in their own programs and practices. But tell me a couple of things that you think navigators can do at that level to really involve themselves in this discussion around value-based care? That's a really great question, Christian. And I think that we're seeing the role of the navigator evolve in value-based care. I think at first it was very task-oriented, right? We need to get this done. We need to make sure we're monitoring these patients. We need to make sure the patient experience is where it needs to be. And so we need to put together programs and resources and workflows that speak to that. But I think we're seeing an evolution of the navigator role. And this is where it becomes crucial for navigators to stay up to date in that evolution. We hear about practice transformation all the time, right? And you've spoken to this quite a bit around reimbursement for navigation services and how that's being presented. So not in the traditional sense, but certainly in other ways, i.e. our MEOS payment for OCM or an operational fee that's paid out by the payer to the provider for practice transformation, quote unquote, activity. So what does practice transformation mean, right? Well, it certainly means what I was speaking to earlier around, you know, setting up programs, resources, et cetera. But I also think it's investment in certain aspects of navigation. And in order to do that, in order for them to make that investment in navigation, I think understanding what the ROI is. And in order to understand ROI, we need to bring data into it. The navigator role is evolving in the sense of not only are you looking at taking care of patients, but you also need to understand what the ROI is of your role and your job function. So I'll give you an example. What does that mean? We know that if you have a clinical navigator, that you are likely to cut down on ED and hospitalization rates because you're being proactive about follow-up, making sure the patient is being triaged appropriately, making sure that their care transitions are happening correctly, making sure that everything is in sync with their care. So ultimately, the goal there is to not only make sure that that patient journey is seamless as possible, patients are educated as much as possible, but also to make sure that 
they're being proactive about identifying symptoms and issues and things like that, that could lead to ED utilizations and hospitalizations, right? So is there an opportunity to actually look at ROI in terms of ED prevention and hospitalization prevention? And the answer in the work that we're doing right now, and I'm involved in, the answer is yes, we're actually doing that ROI right now, that ROI analysis. It's me working with the entire navigation team and doing this analysis. There's really nobody else in the practice that knows this better than them. So as we evolve in value-based care and we look at the quantifiable and financial impact of these models to the payer and the provider and ultimately the quality of care that's given to the patient, the navigator is really going to have a central role in really identifying what aspects of care is really quantifiable and ultimately proven to provide a higher level of care. That's great. question I always get is, well, how do I get a seat at the table? How do I put myself in a position where I can actually make a contribution? And I think on this value-based care discussion, particularly, there's a couple of things that you can do. The first is to take ownership and express an interest. Oftentimes, as you had said, uh, many of the value-based arrangements that providers are going through, this is the first, second time maybe they're doing this and they don't know it all. So anyone who can step up and express an interest and take some ownership in that, I think can be very valuable sitting around the table. So that's the first thing, express an interest and take ownership. The second thing I think that can be really helpful, getting navigators involved in the value-based discussion, is frankly, not to be intimidated by numbers. Not to be intimidated by numbers. Because uh, I often hear people say, well, I see a a spreadsheet or I see a balance sheet and I get nervous. Well, I used to work in hospitals and let me tell you, 50% of the time, those numbers didn't make any sense anyway don't need to be intimidated by the numbers. Again, like you said, Ronnie, your story is almost more important than the numbers. Uh And then I think after taking ownership and not being intimidated by numbers, it's just reminding everybody, especially in these value-based arrangements, that you as a navigator, you really have the full view of the process. You have the full view of the process, and there's not too many people that really can say that. Think about this for a moment. Who has the best idea of the care coordination of a patient? It's going to be someone in the navigator space. Who's going to really understand the entry point a patient might have uh, into the system? Where are they coming from? They're coming from primary care. They're coming from our emergency department. Is a large group of them coming from a particular surgeon's office? It'd be fascinating to be able to know that. And really, some of the only people that really understand that are the navigators. And last but not least, I think you can really have that insight into the patient satisfaction. And in any value-based arrangement that people are going to be talking about, patient satisfaction is going to be a key factor, whether it's uh, surveys from Press Ganey or having experience of talking live with a patient. Having that insight is going to be key. So I think those three things, taking ownership and expressing interest, uh, not being intimidated by numbers, And then really showing that you as a navigator have the full picture of the patient experience, I think can really be helpful getting around the table. Yeah, you said something just in that last statement, Christian, around the patient experience and patient satisfaction. It's interesting because there's an element of value-based care, and especially we see this in OCM already, where they are... Add in, in part of their quality measures is, is the patient experience. And they're actually adjudicated 
on this and it's filled out by the patients. And there's a lot of guesswork involved as to how these surveys go out, but we know a lot more now than we did before. But essentially these surveys that they send out evaluate five domains of the patient experience or patient satisfaction levels, the domains being access, effective communication, exchanging information, enabling patient self-management and shared decision-making. Interestingly enough, all five of those domains are relatable to the navigator function, every single one of those. So when you talk about the patient experience and patient satisfaction, it's really imperative that the navigator understands that their role has a lot to do with how these patients evaluate their experience with their cancer care. So there is a lot of power in the story that these navigators have. So I think that's the common thing. So Christian, let me ask you this. How does one get a seat at the table, particularly using AONN as a foundation to do so? Can you speak a little bit about that? Because it feels like there is some opportunity here where that can be supported through this organization. Yeah. Well, you know, what I've experienced is that Most people, when they want to get involved, they want to be able to contact other people who have the same interests they do. And that's the thing I love about AONN. Lots of resources available to people who want to be able to connect with other people like them. That can be both didactic material about Mm -hmm. how you do something or interactive material, like being on a webinar or listening to a podcast like we're doing here. Mm -hmm. There's some really interesting things within this organization that allow you to grow, make a contribution, either at your local institution or nationally. I totally agree with you. And I think AONN is an amazing organization that really allows for the navigator to not just contribute with the skills and knowledge that they already have, but if there's an area that you are wanting to build your knowledge around, that the committees that AONN has are excellent grounds to do that. The only way that you're going to understand how you can actually contribute is to just get involved, right? I'll give you just a really quick personal story around this. So as many of you know, and some of you that are listening know as well, I come from a background of pharma. And pharma traditionally has a very big firewall between how we get involved with external organizations. And my role, particularly when I was in pharma, was working not in a sales capacity, but working in the advocacy group where I would be working very closely with organizations such as ACCC with Christian as well as AONN. And as I got deeper involved with AONN in terms of just attending the conferences, I have a unique level of interest in post-acute care and care transitions and navigation. And I just approached Trisha one time, Trisha, who you all know and love and very active in this organization, about the metrics committee that she was talking about on the big stage. And I said, hey, I'm really interested in this. How do I get more involved? It was a simple question that now has two and a half, three years later, has landed me on the leadership council for AONN, is getting involved in policy and advocacy work, is now uh, very deep involved in the patient acuity tool that's being developed currently. So that simple question really led down this road for me that has been just an amazing journey of learning. And so it's as simple as that. So as you mentioned, we're in a virtual world, but the AONN Leadership Council, as well as all the resources and communication channels that are presented on the website, as well as all the social media outlets, there's no reason why you can't start getting involved now if you have a keen interest to do so. 
Ronnie, that's great, great ideas. And just to summarize real quick, we've all expressed our interest in our story that we had with Seema Verma and how important and gripping the testimony of the patient navigator was. Then we talked a little bit about how important the patient navigator can be in some of these value-based arrangements. That's where you mentioned the experience and story can be there. I talked a little bit about how when you want to get around a seat at the table uh, to focus on taking ownership and expressing your interest, as well as bringing to the forefront the fact that you really have that whole view. And I think we can all agree that AONN can wrap this up in a nice way uh, mm-hmm. with resources available to, uh, to anyone interested. That's right. I'm looking forward to the next few years as we really, really see the effects of value-based care and really see this navigator role evolve and get elevated. And we're just starting. And AONN is just starting their work really on what could be. And so very excited to be a part of it and really great to have you, Christian. I know you and I go back a few years and it's great. It takes a village, uh, really an army, if you really want to be truthful. And so it's been great being part of AONN and helping with that. All right, let's do this again soon. Absolutely. Love it. Anytime. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks, Christian. Thank you for joining AONN Plus and today's engagement with key knowledge leaders to enhance your navigation practice or program. Please visit aonnonline.org for other navigation tools, education, and best practices to advance the role of patient navigation in cancer care across the care continuum.